Uh, in Venture Bros, is the, the Orpheus guy goes talks to his boss, was taking the place of Kerberos with the three different heads, and his voice based on Benjamin. And one of the heads ah. licking his balls, while the other head is talking to him. It's like I can taste what he's doing. <laughs> Multitasking. <I mean. laughs> yeah, so, this is yeah. super weird, dude. Like I can taste. He's just like going at him. So, yeah, great opening, isn't it? Yes, definitely. I <laughs> is that on the ban list because otherwise, this episode we might as well just. I didn't it. swear. So, I, I yeah, but but balls, like you know, so that might be on the on the word list thing. So we'll find out. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we've got a story. We have content, actual Woo! new content. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote a thing. Yeah. Yes called uh, Fugitive, or is it The Fugitive? Sometimes I've seen it in different ways, but... Just Fugitive in the book, so... All yeah. about the dogs. Uh, Mouse, who is a good boy. Kerberos, who's a pretty good boy. Pretty great boy. And then we've got a couple others. <laughs> I won't quite spoil yeah. them yet. So, yeah. So, because it's us and everything, we're, of course, going to spoil it. So if you plan on reading it and don't like spoilers and whatever, then probably don't listen to this show because the director is about to read it to you. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, no, but we're, we're going to talk about all the things. So, yes, uh, it opens up. My name is Mouse and I am a very good boy. Everybody says so. That is, I think, the opening he is going to have in nearly every story that's going to be in his point of view, because I think it's the same thing that he did in Zuday. Right. Right. Good boy is an important phrase, and bad boy is the worst insult you can do to a dog. Right. I I really liked the characterization that it was like, you know, very, but it was very simple. But it was like, if, you know, if you want to be a good boy, you might like that's like telling somebody that they're like, you know, Michael Carpenter levels of a paladin. Right. Like you are the best kind of dog you can be and if you tell them that they're a bad dog you you might as well like you know spit on their grave or something you know that was like the the most dire insult that you could have so i owe my dog an apology no i'm just kidding but, <laughs> so it opens with mouse and maggie uh studying for a quiz for tomorrow mouse is manipulating the flashcards of which u.s president could write two letters at once in separate languages and she's giving all the bad answers because it's fun and she doesn't want to study but he loves right. school he loves learning and reading and math and science and very much enjoying it yeah he he became a service dog and dresden's like look just do whatever the guy tells you so he did and now he's a service dog so <laughs> You and know. he has a special vest and everything that says that he's somehow magic and he gets to be with Maggie all the time. And then uh, Maggie goes to sleep reading comic books under the uh, bedsheet covers because she's not supposed to be doing any of this, but of course she is. And there's a nun that walks she's... by to make sure that turn the lights off. Yeah, I was going to say it's like... I'm assuming she's... like I guess it could still be the castle, but I kind of took it that she's like... At I think the she's school at school now, or yeah, and like so she's staying with the academy, and I guess they have nuns. So it, yeah, it's um, I don't remember the school before having nuns, or maybe that's just a uh, mouse type of thinking of uh, these people have no fun, so I'm going to call them nuns. I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's a temple dog, right? So you know, oh, it's a woman of authority, so maybe she's a nun, you know, or whatever. So we'll have to see more when we get more of that type of story with Maggie going to school. Right. Uh, 
But as she's falling asleep and then Mouse is falling asleep after being on the lookout so that she would have warning to put the comic books away, uh, reality opens up a portal and Kerberos, the gigantic three-headed dog, steps out and says, I'm sorry, I'm looking for Mouse Dresden. Pretty terrifying. Yes. It's like, uh, it's like, that is me. I am most dressed in. My name is Kerberos. You are famous. Did you know that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you are the I've famous. Heard of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I need your help. Uh, I am a service dog, but I think that means I mostly help my Maggie. And every time he says my Maggie or my friend in reference to Harry, it's capitalized. It is a title, it is a name. Is my Maggie and my friend, and you don't get to have them. Uh, but Maggie is in danger, or well, anybody connected to Dresden seems to be in danger because someone was helped to escape from the Hades prison, and that person is somehow targeting Dresden. So, and Hades likes Harry, therefore, Hades is going to send help. Yeah. it's his fault. Lord Hades and my friend know one another. <laughs> I noted. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, my lord believes the fugitive was removed from Hades to harm your friend and his offspring. My lord likes your friend, so he sent me to help. Who would do such a thing? Seems... When we find them, I will tell you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it seems like a pretty cool thing for Hades to do. So, but, you know, I guess Hades kind of effed up and, you know, by proxy yeah. through Kerberos, but yeah, it but, is his responsibility to control his prisoners. And one of them got out, even though it was uh, sabotage from someone else. It's still his responsibility to get them back. So he sends people. This Kerberos plus another one, sort of, uh, because Mouse is refusing to leave Maggie. That is his sacred duty. But if he needs to help Kerberos, what can happen? Someone needs to watch over her if she's in danger. So Kerberos summons someone who is unnamed, what is clearly Medusa, who protects women and children to sit with Maggie and make sure she is safe because she smells like snakes. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Because I, I don't think I got that close. I was just like, okay, I'm sure this will make sense at some point. But yeah, I didn't, didn't make the Medusa connection, I don't think. Right. The so. description is a cloaked and hooded form. Uh, human shape, more or less, but smelling of dark and damp and of slithering, scaly things. It emanated calm and power. The hood over the head seems to stir once in a while. And I think another time there's just explicitly that uh, she smells like snakes and right. she's very protective of women. She will keep your Maggie safe until dawn. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly badass. So, yeah. Maggie wakes up and there's a whole statue field in front of her and be like, what? That's probably why the hood, night? so no one's looking yeah. at her. Well, yeah, I'm just saying all the other p attempts at her, on her life overnight, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. All right, so uh, who is the thing that escaped? We did not guess it correctly at all because there is a new-ish right. uh, myth person. But yeah, it is the Nemean lion. It Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense, but like, yeah, he just, he just went straight to the myths on that. And I mean, I guess we did poke around some of the myths, but we were expecting like a more person like person, you know, like, yeah, you know, Prometheus, Sisyphus, something like, uh, you know, just somebody, but 
Yeah, instead it's the Nemean lion, which I guess kind of makes sense. Now we've got a cat and dog story. Exactly. So, yeah, we we have yeah. dogs chasing a cat that needs to. It's it is adorably whimsical while also being very badass. It's a it's a strange mix. Yeah. So, uh, Kerberos make does a an illusion to make him seem like a normal dog that's just very very large. And then they take another portal to where the trail starts in the real world or ends and where they can find it. And they end up at the castle, Castle Dresden. And there is a gigantic white truck that has had the engine block ripped out of it and the metal is melted. <laughs> and what did that? Well, the lion did that. And they see uh, Michael Carpenter and Will Borden talking about what must have happened as the like whole street of cars is destroyed. And this is the lion in a weak state because it hasn't eaten yet, but because it right. was from the spiritual world, it needs a physical body. So it has possessed something. And that something seems to be Mr. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand it. Are you sure that. you saw Mr. do that? And yes, the, the cat was outside it ran under the truck and then the truck exploded and the cat ran off and more cars exploded and michael and will are extremely confused yeah they they discuss it if they're gonna wake up dresden but you know michael's like i think michael right was like he needs his he, he needs his sleep so he needs a lot of things yeah. <laughs> so they are going to start the search. And then if it comes to that in the morning or whatever, then they'll let him know. So, yeah, it, he is clearly not in a functional state. He's trying to function, but he apparently when uh, Michael had asked something about illusions, Harry says, I've buggered hostile illusions and veils for the foreseeable future. So if it's there, assume it's real, even though it doesn't make sense. Right. But he's he's trying. He's attempting to function. They're letting him sleep so he can do so better. And if they find Mister, and he never has to worry about it, that's better. This is why you shouldn't have cats, by the way. I mean, is it the top reason? <laughs> I think he should just not let your cats reason. outside. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, and and so now you've you've also got like. Um, there's a lot of back and forth between Kerberos and, and uh, Mouse about, well, we're of course going to save Mar Mister and Kerberos being like, I'm going to do my duty, which may yes. or may not involve saving Mister, you know, and Mouse is like, yeah, we're going to see about that, <laughs> you know, because we're going to save my friend, because if we don't save my cat, it will do harm to my friend, and that's not going to happen, you know. Yeah, Mister is my friend, and Harry is my friend, and Harry cannot lose Mister, and you are not going to kill the cat. Right. <laughs> And in addition to learning how to cheat, he has picked up certain aspects of Harry's personality, it sounds like. Oh, of course. Yes, I mean, because why not? A, a you dog are what is you eat, good. and he eats a lot of energy from Dresden, so, you know. <laughs> and the, the dog's sense of possessiveness of, like, that cat is my chew toy, you don't get to chew on him. It, it's still... Uh. Oh, I don't, I, I don't even take it like that. He's just like, he's my friend. I've known him since I was a puppy. And I was like, yeah, when he batted your nose around because the cat had to make sure you understood who was in charge. So, yeah. but, And now he gets to do it again. Yeah. Right. All right. So 
Uh, it seems that Harry's also rubbing off on Michael, as Michael says, it's too early to believe anything. Let's get more information. And Will says, like, you know who you sound like, right? So you're just, you're doing the investigator thing. And oh, hey, isn't that your truck? Yeah, at least it's insured. Right. As he looks towards the heavens being like, explanation, please. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the you line just hear a big booming this. voice that goes, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> take it up with Hades. So, yeah, I I just want to the the final line really captures it too, or the final exchange with the whole like we will find Mister. I said firmly, and we will save him. We will find him. Kerberos agreed, though his voice was cautious. And then we will see. <laughs> you know, it's like I've had to do this probably before, and it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. You know, so. Well, he keeps and, reiterating that it took, you know, a god to bring him down the last time, essentially. So Yeah, yeah demigod. Yeah, because Her Heracles. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And Kerberos has excellent nose, noses, to be able to track. And they just run straight through the city, busting down uh, fences and some maybe not walls. They might go around a building, but it's a lot of destruction as they are just going straight for where Mr. was. And uh, Mouse, a very good boy, has getting a lot of treats and not a lot of exercise. And so he's <laughs> right. trying to keep up. <laughs> he's mostly keeping up. Yeah. I was going to say, by the time he gets to his third story, he really should cut down a little bit because this is the second time that this has happened to him. Well, he should just go running more. Keep the treats, but just go running a lot more. I mean, that's another thing Harry could rub off on him. Harry runs now. Yeah. And has for several years. Because Maggie could running run. away is important. Uh, yes, Maggie could have a saddle to put on Mouse, and Mouse can do weighted running just like Dresden does. Sure. But also, Kerberos is a bit mythically empowered, and of course, he's not going to get tired just from running, but Mouse is a bit more... Well, he's also got bigger, more muscular legs. But yeah. He, he takes one step, and it's like 25 Mouse steps, so... Yeah, that probably helps. Too. But yeah. to be fair, that's same with Dresden. He takes one step is twenty five Murphy steps. So, right. All right. They follow the trail outside of the city into a farm that is just—it's <laughs> great. The people who don't actually leave gigantic cities, I warn them sometimes if they move to Colorado. It's like if you you're inside Denver, everything just feels like a gigantic city. That's fine. You drive an hour in any direction, you will see cows. Right. I worked with a guy from Miami and he was shocked when I, I warned him, but then he came back after whatever that was like, you were right. There were cows. I don't know why he's shocked. I, I haven't made it to Miami, but like Florida was kind of weird. It wasn't cows always like there were cows. Don't get me wrong. I was actually shocked at how well forested it was that it was like, mm -hmm. you would just go right out of town and it's just like, there are trees freaking everywhere, you know, like, you know, I guess it kind of makes sense. It's technically like a rainforest type of area or whatever, but, uh, you know, it, I was just, that was kind of unexpected to me. So, you know, just, they have too. to, yeah, they have to clear all that to, to develop for mm. new buildings and stuff. And so yeah. the area where we were was like half an hour North of Tampa. And that's what it was. It's like step one before building a new development is get rid of all them trees. You know, it's like playing world of Warcraft again, or Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, but <laughs> you know, like get your peasants out there, clear the trees, build your town home, townhouse, whatever, you know. So yeah, this guy in particular, he was just inside the inner city of Miami, 
until he was like 24 and he moved to Denver. It's just like, uh, okay, this is going to be a little bit different. There's country here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the lion needs to eat and he has found cows. He is eating a couple of cows and eventually he's going to move on to pigs and mouse. Good choice. Uh, sure. I mean, they're, they're better than the children that are hiding yeah. for his. Yes. Bacon cheeseburgers often taste better than children in my experience. children matter more more you know plithy response from mouse so you know so uh this is also where uh early a little bit earlier mouse realizes that someone is working against him and he knows who that person is this is the third dog of the story apparently his name is ash i don't remember if he was named in zuday because mouse just calls him my shadow uh yeah and in any of the discussion that we had of who is the bad guy, none of us put money down on Cal. What do you... Oh, for the book? For this? For for, for this Fugitive? One. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Having having Cal it be Cal and Shadow, yeah, it was just like... Or Ash in this case, you know. Yeah. Um, did not... Yeah. I mean, but we, we didn't put talking... money down on the lion either, come to think of it. No, we didn't. We like, probably should have. Thinking back on it, was like, I mean, yeah, that makes. We were some just thinking sense. of persons. Yeah, yes, like we were distracted by blood on his soul and Hannah Asher, thinking that they were coming back. Well, yeah, thank goodness. Like the closest to an animal we got was yeah, the whole, you know, bear, you know, Ursial form. So, but yeah. right. So Cal is there. Ash is there. Cal has children that he's going to feed to the lion. That he has kind of sort of been containing of if the lion started eating people inside the city, which is what he wanted to do to be able to get back to power, uh, it would have created too much of an attention issue out of people he that Cal does not want to get the attention of yet. He wants to hurt Dresden, but it needs to happen in the right ways. So get out of the city, get to full power, then go back into the city. But specifically because there are no less than four people who could banish... Four. Yeah. And it, who are the four? This is going to yeah. take some discussion. Okay, obviously, Harry, I'm putting money on Molly because even if she's only there for once a week for dinner, that's still very right. present. Sure. Marcone's the other obvious choice. Yes, absolutely, and, Marcone, because of, you know, the coin. And then Namshield? Or not Namshield, well, I'm sorry, Mortimer? Because- this is the. I I would say Mortimer because we've got the spirit of a lion and he's a spirit guy. So he was actually like the second one that I thought. And then it was like, of course, Marcone. And I was struggling with the fourth. Um, and, and so like Molly makes sense. I don't remember who I put down. Well, they say, name. what is the wording exactly? It's persons of power. It's not just individuals, right? Because yeah. I think that I th- narrows it down to like, we're looking for magic users, not for example, like, sword users and people like butters well yeah that's right so butter butters was my fourth because i mean how is he not a person of power though like just because well, he's i think it's an artifact like well i think that's just because that's tends to be the way they describe magic users in okay. general oh, but also maybe because Cowell's not thinking of it you know oh i also think he's kind of on the molly train at this point it's like yeah he lives there but he's also a knight now he's supposed to be going everywhere more or less you can't necessarily guarantee he's in town 
What about Lara? I agree with that, but you know, like at the same time, his his house is here, right? So if Molly mm -hmm. counts, Butters counts. Like, well, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed Molly either, quite honestly. But yeah, right, right. Because I also don't know. Like with on her. the flip side, I didn't count Sonya, even though Sonya is very present throughout the series because he's not necessarily based in Chicago, in my opinion. Like he passes through all the time. He certainly, you know, stays with Father Forthill, but I never got the impression that it's like, oh yeah, his apartment's over there, you know, or whatever. Whereas like Butters yeah. has like, you know, women. And I mean, the other thing is, like, Molly's constraints might not necessarily allow her to just up and, I mean, she could, I obviously she has the power to do it, but. In this yeah. specific case, I think she would be able to uh, do a favor for a friend, both on Harry and on Hades' behalf, to help banish the lion. I was going to say, Possible. so pivot the perspective slightly. The lion is here in Chicago to hurt Dresden, possibly by going through his friends, which includes Michael and his family, which means Molly's going to get involved. Like, yeah. you know, it, it like, already destroyed like his Cal, So, yeah, right. Cowell is probably thinking, I'm about to cheese off a lot of people who are their friends. And Molly, Molly would show up, even if it wasn't Dresden, if it was just, you know, like if Dresden was out in Edinburgh for some reason and Cal's trying to take advantage of the thing by wrecking all of his stuff and, and his friends and whatever, Molly might get involved at that point because she's got family in town, you know, but I, Don't but ever. I agree with you in the, in the sense that I don't consider her Chicago based, even though she's got a house across the street and whatever. Yeah. The only other person I could think of that, I mean, but again, doesn't fit at least as far as person of power and the way I think they're using it would be Goodman Gray could right. tangle with it easily and probably defeat it. But I don't know if that is really what we're going for here in the same sense. Right. I mean, Laura yeah. is Chicago based. She has some amount of ability. I don't know how much if she doesn't do the magically that Thomas can of even just like a simple tracking spell, but some form of power. It does say wielders of power. I don't know. Um, or like Etri, yeah. but I was thinking, uh, what about guard just now too? Like, yeah, that's what, uh, that was my other, but that to me is like, but, well, that's six of one between her and Marcone. It's like, I mean, yeah, exactly. it, it counts, but yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's an excellent brand new Q and a question. For or actually, maybe uh, <laughs> the next convention. Maybe uh, does would River Shoulders count? Is he right? Is in he the area somewhere? enough? Right. Because yeah. I feel like he yeah, can easily it, do it. Well, and what what's funny is like maybe maybe we're overthinking it in the sense that like this is just what Cowell knows of, right? Like maybe Cowell only knows of four of them, and he's like, okay, well Dresden's in the phone book, Mortimer's in the phone book, we know about Molly and you know Marcone, obviously. So maybe those are the four he's thinking of, but it turns out that there's actually like eight or more, <laughs> you know, because it's like all of these options probably could do it in the right circumstance, you know, so. Yeah, uh, and I wonder also maybe it was someone from the Ordo, if they had gotten together, maybe they'd be able to. Yeah, no, I don't the, think. The how act of here. the banishment they might be able to do, would they uh, right. survive said thing is a question. Right, yeah. Yeah, and but that's it, it does kind of just it toes what I was saying, which is like, you know, Cowell is probably like underestimating Chicago in some ways, but 
you know, he probably was just thinking like, there's four we got to worry about like tonight or currently or, you know, whatever until the lion is at full strength. And then, you know, demigods, we, there's a lot less of those in Chicago. So. Yeah. Generally. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. And, uh, Cowl is going to bring out the children for the, the lion to eat them. And, and Mouse says, we must protect them. And Kerber says, that is not how I am a good dog. Because, and his calculus, the, the children don't matter so much as the, the lion being captured. Same thing with the right. cat being alive. And then they argue about what the plan should be. If like, do we go after Cowl and my shadow first? Do we go after the lion that's eating pigs at the moment? And they, they get uh, the budding heads. <laughs> Right. And um, Mr. No, Mouse eventually says, if you will not help me save Mr. I will help Cal and my shadow defeat you. That is how seriously he takes it. And so Kerberos just says, fine, if you are going to be the big dog, you should have a plan. And Mouse does have a plan. Start the Benny Hill music. Kerberos <laughs> right. uh, goes and attacks the lion uh, in the pig pen and it's a gigantic fight. I think a tractor gets thrown through a wall and out into a field. It's horrible. And Mouse gets a stick and starts making a circle and dragging it all the way around the gigantic building. Which it's fucking ridiculous, but it's fucking perfect. And like, I don't know. I was almost annoyed by it in the sense that it was like, yes, it's cool that magic has rules and we know the rules and stuff, but does a circle get to be the super weapon every time? And so like, it makes sense in the story, but like in the moment, I'm like, if it, if this is how they do it, like, like, I don't know, man, butters can do a circle. That was his one trick for zombies. Dresden's done it to, you know, um, uh, shit binders goons, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like it, like i get it but maybe overdone you know like that it it could be overdone but it it could also be a sense of no matter how big you are even the small things can kill you and you can't overlook the small simple thing just because it's easily destroyed because if you are overconfident about it and uh, just thinking well no one's going to do that because it's too easy then then they might do it and you still might be trapped. Right. Yeah. And also it's just a nice go-to. Like you should do it just as like a a nature of course of like, well, there's a big bad guy. What happens if I stick him in a circle? Does that mean that he can't leave or just is that a waste of time? Worth a shot. Yeah. So Kerberos and the lion are absolutely destroying a farmhouse or the outbuilding. And Cal comes out from the house and he says, a gift, Lord Hades, why bind one when I could bind two? Because now he wants to take Kerberos for his own as well. Right. Mouse finishes the circle and let's see, uh, an invisible curtain of my energy leapt up from the circle, rising up to enclose the farmhouse in a dome and Cal's power was snuffed out like a candle on Maggie's birthday cake. I just really like that line. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> um, and Cal is uh, 
angry, trying to do magic more. And, and Mouse is a good dog and people who hurt children deserve to be bitten. And my friend would agree with me. So he bites Cowl and in a struggle <laughs> breaks his arm. And his staff. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. That was a, a yeah. great point of like, perhaps I should have considered that a wizard staff is powerful. And when it breaks, it might like release Explode. a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah, he's just lucky that there that wasn't a staff of the magi, and you know they had like a ten percent chance of winding up in another plane of existence, and they explode a lot bigger unless they're mostly empty. So you know, yeah, it, that's a, a I don't know is it a trope? It's a mechanic. Perhaps I've seen in a different stories of just like you put a lot of energy in this thing, and then what do you do with it? Well, yeah, you can still use it for it's like a focus, but like you can also use it as yeah. a bomb. Right. So like, I, I don't know what the origin would be, but for me, like the staff, the staff of the Magi is like a specific magic item out of D and D. And now they have a slightly weaker version called a staff of power, which has the same mechanic where they call it a retributive strike, where it's just like you break it and release all the energy all at once, which is generally bad for anybody holding the staff that you just broke, uh, you know, and anybody nearby, but you know, you you get a, a slightly less destructive, but also very poignant telling of that with, um, you know, with Lord of the Rings in a couple of places, right? Where, you know, Gan Gandalf's staff is broken or, or Saruman's staff gets broken later, I think, um, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like, it doesn't explode in Lord of the Rings, but it does break their power, you know, because I, I think Gandalf the White breaks it later. Uh, when he confronts Saruman of many colors and he's like, you know, Saruman, your staff is broken and just boom. So, but yeah. So I'll get to that point in books eventually. Yeah. There's an earlier origin for that, but um, yeah, still generally bad for Cowl, it seems, but not bad yeah. enough because he's still definitely throwing power. Oh so. yeah. It like is annoying as a, a broken arm is, which is very, I've uh, broken my arms. They sucked. Um, he's still reacting logically in a fight and, and trying to do a bunch of things. Uh, let's see. So now, like, as, as soon as I read this thing, like, Cal has a, a broken arm. Are we going to see someone or many someones with broken arms in the next book or having clearly recovered from something like that? Because uh, it reminds me of a gimmick that was in the King Curler Chronicles in the first book when uh, Kvothe was talking about the woman that basically scarred him for life and her name begins with a D. And it's like, now it's time to talk about her. And in that chapter, he introduced four new women with the names beginning with D. And just expecting that kind of a, a, um, noise, red herrings, essentially, to, to like, who is Cowl? Because he clearly knows Harry and uh, just a bunch of people in the cast. Gotcha. Right. Oh, okay. I follow you now too. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Like how many people on the senior council currently have a broken arm or yeah. maybe not even senior council, but you know, white council for yeah, sure. Someone but that we know. Also not a member. So, you know, like, but that's, that's smart. I like that. That's good. So. Or it could be because maybe it takes like, you know, six to eight weeks, maybe the wizard's going to heal faster. Therefore, we won't see anything, but right. just definitely keep an eye out, you know, in 12 months for anybody in a cast or a future short story, if that's how this goes. So, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Mouse gets into the room that has the children and he leads them out to get into a root cellar and he has to 
play like a puppy for a little bit because they've been seeing Ash and he looks very similar to Ash, except he's fat and has a collar. Mm -hmm. So, Which the little boy, well, the biggest of the little boys twigs to, it's like, wait, this one has a collar. So I think it was a boy and two girls and he was the oldest, but um, yeah, I thought there were four, but okay. Uh, Um, Very good with counting. We'll we'll, we'll find out. (laughs) We count like mouse. Wait, no, he's good at math. So yeah. <laughs> and uh, when Ash sees mouse, he says, "You, you have gotten fatter. You are mean. We right. are children, and how can you hurt children?" And uh, Ash will say, "A fat, foolish slave in a collar." And Mouse says, "It lights up so cars can see me at night because my friend cares about me." Right. It's just such, such great banter, you know, between them and like what the dogs focused on, you know, and like, and you can hear some of the things that he says that are very clearly like Dresden told him, you know, like, like possibly the light up collar thing was like, I know you don't like collars, but this is going to help cars see you. It's like, Ooh, yeah. safety. I, my friend cares about me. So yeah. mouse might be able to withstand a car accident. He has before, but it doesn't mean he needs to. And that person might not want their car broken because he's dark and it's at night. And Maggie's probably with him. Right. So one thing that I think happens like just before this, and we kind of missed with the whole like power being thrown against him and that sort of thing is that, um, so he's a foo dog and his power has a lot to do with luck. And so they're able to get into the root cellar because he changed the, the luck and it was open. It was unlocked. Like Yes. Yeah. So so I thought that was pretty cool because it's like the opposite would probably just be like, you know, like maybe a low energy Malocchio type of bad luck thing that, you know, it's like you're slipping and, you know, they, they were complaining about trying to pick up the scent and the wind would happen and cars kept getting in their way and all of this other stuff, um, you know, is what Ash was able to do against him. Um but I'm trying to see. Uh, uh, bright power tilted the world so that the doors had not been locked. And I grabbed one of the handles and tugged it open. So mouse yeah. has luck powers. You know? Yeah. So it's interesting that oh. the words tilted the world could have been like, I'm just going to shake things up. So the lock unlocks, but the, the, then the words so that the doors had not been locked means that's like retroactive. Right. Happenings insane yeah it's yeah it's pretty crazy and possibly powerful you know like oh, yeah. ash and mouse fight a little bit more um mouse is like they are children and i have feelings about that and ash says they are meat because that's what he's been told like they, they have no value other than what they can feed the lion And this is when Mouse says, you are a bad dog. It is the deadliest insult I know and hung in the air in perfect silence. Both capital letters too. Capital B, capital D, bad dog. Mm -hmm. They are uh, very equal in ability. So it's a kind of rough fight. But the kids are watching it and they know good dog from bad dog. And so they say, get him doggy. And that helps Mouse do better. Yeah, he's shouting encouragement from behind his own little beacon of bright energy adding to my own. So it's, it's a sense of luck, but it's a sense of aura that's happening of like, maybe it's a sense of belief of the way a temple or 
religion might do. Right. Yeah. He believes that Mouse is a good dog and a protector, so he will be better at being a good dog and a protector, you know? Yeah. It's red, so it runs fast. Something. <laughs> a little more orcish, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same logic, it's fine. <laughs> okay. And let's see. Kerberos and Cowl are fighting, and the lion, and it's really loud and mournful howl, and then there's silence. And then Ash says to Mouse, The master of the future, with capitals, comes. This is your last chance to flee. So that is apparently the title of Cal, I guess. Master at of the least future. as far, at least as far as Ash is concerned. But he, I, I do get the sense that it's like that's another thing that he probably picked up, right? That Cal, you know, mutters to himself in the dark, "Oh, I'm <laughs> going to be the master of the future." You just watch. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very reminiscent to like what Corpse Taker was saying in, in Deadbeat of like New World Order, and I can make you all powerful if you just give me the book. Right. And as they're, they're fighting even more, uh, Callum and the lion are coming around the corner. Uh, so the cow says is, Harry, you are an almighty pain in my ass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> says it by name, by first name, as if they are friends. You are an almighty pain in my ass, which just, it sounds familiar. Like we should be able to pinpoint who it is, but it's right. also so many people speak like this in the series that it's kind of, it's familiar because it's coming out of Butcher's head. But this really implies that it's someone that we know and even on a personal level. Let's see, there's playing with fire and the way that that's affecting shadows. Cal says, nix his aura if you please to Ash. And then Ash is saying, you are going to die for nothing. And Mouse says, you have forgotten two things, brother. First, that no one tells cats what they may or may not do, not even wizards. <laughs> and Ash starts uh, uh, having a warning growl, and then Cal is uh, paying attention and suddenly tense. Okay, and what's the second? I cheat! Right. <laughs> and then uh, more fires happen, and the six fires utter inky boy black solidarity. It has Kerberos, the Hound of Hades, and Plaquen on yielding. And Cal whirls, and then the three-headed dog is like attacking him, and just uh, yeah, it's a, not a good day for Cal. Right, and he escapes into the never never. So, so here's this one moment there, that Cal. Yeah, because <laughs> Cal, in his desperation, still thinking he's controlling the lion, um, right, is ordering like kill them. I command you to kill them. But Mouse had said, "Mister, I know you have been enjoying yourself. It is time to stop playing. Harry needs us now," which is apparently enough of a, a plea that the grip that the line has on Mr.'s body starts to fail that maybe all of the luck that uh, Mouse is throwing around. And so Mr. just sits, looks at Cal and then deliberately ignores him licking a paw. And Cal has to flee because he has no one else to help him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kerberos takes the lion and disappears or at least throws it into the never, never. And Cal runs through a portal and then reaches hand back out like Scooby-Doo style and grabs Ash and pulls him through. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everything is 
perfectly fine afterwards. The cat is alive, the children are alive, uh, the lion is back in Hades. And so Kerba says, that is that. I am getting three treats when I get home. <laughs> right. And I says, I did not know you could breathe fire. That was a gift given by Hades. <laughs> and does it hurt, but it, uh, only those who have earned it. So it's like a holy fire that whoever earns the pain will get it. Yeah. It was a gift from my Lord and he is very concerned with justice. You know, mm. I, I just thought that the whole thing was rad. Yeah. And then there's two good doggies and uh, three kids that are scared or maybe, yeah, three kids. <laughs> there's a number there. I yes. Yeah. I, I went back and looked, there are three kids. So okay. um, there are emergency services and sirens that are heading that way. The kids will eventually be fine, but we've got a few minutes and uh, even though like the, the business is over, they're good dogs. And so they can just enjoy the moment and they play right. with the kids until the uh, emergency services get there. I also, I also like the exchange, you know, between them, you know, with the whole like Kerberos said, you know, it was a good plan pretending to lose and Mouse being like, bad people always look for weakness, I noted. And once they think they have found it, they cannot see anything else. And mm -hmm. so... Kerberos was playing, getting his ass kicked, you know, off screen. We didn't really cover that too much, but like Cowl is just like throwing lightning into him and the Nemean lion is like just raking at him and, you know, flesh is coming off supposedly and all of this stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm like a, curious a lightning bolt had like, like melted his shoulder for a moment or something. Right. Yeah, I'm curious if, if it was like he just did an illusion or if he, you know, was like, just like left some of his power behind or whatever. And, you know, then when they thought they killed him, you know, he comes back, but yeah, that was, that was the ploy. So. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. It's one that uh, Harry's used something very approximately. And of course, mouse picks up his tricks. Right. Um, yeah. And, well, and, going back to the circle too, like what I was annoyed about it at first and kind of confused because it's like, okay, so like the circle, does it instantly snuff out the cat because, you know, he's, he's being possessed and it cuts him off from Cowell's control, for example, what does it do to Kerberos? Cause he's like, uh, you know, he's kind of like an invading summoned creature now too, but it's all kind of moot because after Cal gets his arm broken and gets out and whatever, he just snuffs the portal or the, yeah. the circle anyway, you know? So I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. So it was more like, you know, it, maybe it gave him a little bit of protection from Cal until Cal got out there. And, you know, it's like, you go handle the cat. I'm going to handle the wizard and, you know, yeah, trying to, to put a wall between them. Right. Classic Dresden fashion, handle it poorly, you know, so <laughs> yeah. forget some key things like the staff is also an object of power. And, you know, he's probably got an enchanted duster or robes in this case, just like Dresden would have and you know, stuff like that. But Thinking of staffs and dogs makes me think of all those gifts of, of like a German shepherd that's carrying like a tree and just so happy to be carrying the thing. It's just like he can be he can go fetch the magic staff. <laughs> I don't want to see that happen now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, the circle might not have, I mean, so if Mouse didn't use it to banish anything and just to kind of put them in a bubble alone, then it, 
it wasn't going to affect Kerberos because he's there under his own power. He could be banished, as he says, that Cowell could do. But uh, if that's not being done to him, then I guess he's fine. It might have limited the power on the lion that it was able to, say, draw from the Never Never, as some people do, or draw from anything. Might have allowed the uh, control of Cal to be blocked, but because it was still a lion and not Mr. the Cat, Cal might have thought that everything's still fine. Right. Might have allowed Mr. to have more of a sentience of what's going on and have the choice of going back to his normal self when Mouse needs him to. Right. And it's just enough of a distraction to annoy Cal. <laughs> right. Which which was a, a lot of it, right? You know, keeping Cal off balance, you know, so that their their ruse could work and Kerberos could get behind them. So Yeah. Yep. So we're looking next time for a wizard with a broken arm and a freshly broken staff, probably, you know. So <laughs> Yeah. So anyone who has a, a new staff, suspicious. Right. Like, wait, wasn't your staff black before and now it's white? You know, so. Yeah. Or it's like, those are, the flames on it are a bit new. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. I don't know. I also am wondering about the timeline of everything that happened since Battleground. We've got the law. I know we're getting 12 months in um, uh, the good folk. Careful, good people. That's the one. Christmas, um, yeah. and then this one. Like, where exactly does this fall? In... I was curious about that too. Yeah. So, because Harry is still year... definitely right. That's a smart point, you know. Um, yep. So, uh, so when when was it for battlegrounds and whatnot? June. I mean, it was right. Okay, and then. Like good people happens Christmas, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and the, we, we don't know a hundred percent about the other one. Um, so, the, so law, the law, right? It wasn't winter. Right. I would, I think it would be like September or so, because the the weather was temperate, um, and it was negotiations were happening about Lara and Harry and the dates. They hadn't figured things out or hammered it out yet. So it'd be pretty close after, I would suspect. And Maggie wasn't there, which like August would imply that she would not be in school yet. Right. Um, and then the the one with uh, Tut Tut and the Mr. and the Little Folk people. I forgot that was right. called. Was it Little Folk? I think it was. Little Things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but like that one, it's just a small little story. Harry was still not entirely, he's not functional at all, uh, but right. it might have been within the first couple of months too. The There was still the hole in the ceiling and everything, so the tarps and whatever, which, I mean, right. hasn't been mentioned, which may or may not be, you know, a thing that they finally get it fixed up. But I would say that one happens earliest out of the mm -hmm. ones we've got so far, yeah. you know. Because, um, I mean... Because, they modulated yeah, the defense mechanisms after that. Well, right. Yeah. So like Bob, Bob would more or less just gotten control of the castle is, you know, the gist that we get, right. You know, and it was news to us. So that one probably happens within the first couple of months, if not sooner, where it's just like, you know, Harry, it, it hasn't hit Harry yet, where it's like, I feel like, 
you know, as times progressed, he's actually gotten worse kind of in the sense that like he's doing his resting, he's still, you know, mourning and all of that stuff. But like the shock has worn off and now he's just left behind with the pain and the, yeah. you know, the processing and, and whatnot. Whereas like he was still semi-functional, you know, in little things and, and whatnot. Um, well, so sort of like it was, yeah. I don't know, because he was trying to to meditate and then to interrupted him. <laughs> and then he was trying to make pizzas and then he went and dealt with something and no one was paying attention to the, the ha things that are happening on a small scale. Uh, everyone's thinking too big. But he, he wasn't there much until he realized that something really important was actually happening. I don't know. It's like we didn't get to see much of him functioning or not, except for when he was putting pizzas in the oven, he just kind of like stood there and was nothing like he was hollow he was just in pain yeah but i mean you get to see him which i think is a big step you know like yeah. he's not sleeping and he's out of his room you know so like yeah uh, i think those are two two things to be not taken for granted that it's like even just the little bit of self-care or whatever of him getting some coffee planning his day you know putting the pizzas in some of those little slice of life things. Like obviously the fact that he takes a job and leaves the house in the law is a big deal, you yes. know? So whereas like in this one, you know, they're very much still concerned about him, you know, sleeping it off and, you know, yeah. like obviously it happens in the middle of the night. You know, I, I get the impression it's, it's around midnight. Um, I don't remember yeah. if it was explicit about that, but um, it might've been, well, it was enough for Maggie to be asleep and everyone to be, uh, not available, more or less, and then if Medusa's right. going to be watching her until dawn, everything happens at night. And yeah. right, like at least when Mouse and Kerberos get to the castle, you know, and yeah. whatever that you know, it was later. But you know, I yeah, I'd be surprised if Maggie like wasn't asleep by like ten or something. You know, like yeah. even with her staying up to read comics, it didn't seem like she did that for very long. So. And it, it's interesting, if Michael is there, he could just be there to be helpful, to be caring to someone to, like Harry or just helping run a gigantic estate that Harry doesn't really know what to do and, and Will is apparently taking on a lot of it. But maybe he's fixing the hole in the ceiling. Right, I was going to say, like, yeah. He might have been there just to do the repairs. Mm -hmm. yeah. But this was a great story is very like it has a dress and feel but it also is new and invigorated with like it's mouse's perspective and we got to see so many new things and i feel like we got a lot of hints about cal that i'm going to be chewing over for the next year at least so it's right yep classic function or, or classic situation that it's like great we got a short story please more yeah exactly you know like, uh, like now we've got more questions you know so I, th I mean, the, the two big ones, I think for sure, are like who are the four, you know, just for, you know, mm -hmm. literally trivia, just to have that in our back pockets. And then, you know, uh, who's Cal, the, the overarching mystery of the whole story right now. Like, it's like, who's Cal and what's a starborn or like, you know, yeah. the biggest yeah. question. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, starborn is more gonna... that he should have asked the question earlier. Yeah, I just I just got the feeling that it's like when we finally when we're finally told who Cowl is, right? And we were like, 
oh, and we're, I'm going to I'm going to put the book down and I'm going to stomp around my house swearing for like 30 minutes because it's like, how did we not freaking catch on to that? You know, so yeah. I, I still have like a five dollar bet that it's Petrovich. But right. sure. Yeah, there's something about the way he said Harry by first name that makes me think it's someone else that right. knows him personally. Yeah. And I mean, the comments get the same thing. Like, I don't want to read too much into it. Like, I, I see what you're saying, and I don't think that you're wrong or anything, but it, right. it's almost more of like a Moriarty feel at this point, right? Yeah. Where I mean, it's like, like they have butted heads several times in, in this main storyline as enemies. They are familiar, even if Harry doesn't know who he is. Cal knows that it's Harry Dresden that was doing it. So it's, I don't know. Man, right. I need more answers. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good book, though. So, you know, mm -hmm. good, good story. More mouse, you know, everybody's getting what they wanted in, in that regard. And, you mm -hmm. know, even a little bit of mystery, even if he's kind of semi the bad guy this time. So he was having fun. He doesn't care about pigs or cows. And then he started cleaning himself just to piss someone off. Right. Cats do. Yep. Yep. Oh. I wonder how many other short stories we're going to get because it seems like 12 months is going to be, it's not an anthology because it's going to be a book, but it's going to be the shorter type of things that he's dealing with over every month for a year. But how are these going to fit into that timeline? And it, yeah. It, honestly, uh, thinking about it, it would be pretty funny to be like, you know, because all of these stories take place in the book or whatever, it'd be like, you know, Harry just wakes up one morning and then Michael's truck was trashed and they won't tell him what happened. And we're like, okay, you know, or like you just get these little one line references to like, yeah. this is where you should go reread that short story if you're interested on it. Like, right. you know, the craziest thing happened, you know, like a month after we were in the castle, these fucking goblins like invaded and then Bob had to like tighten up his sensor grid. And and then I, it got me thinking that we should, you know, do something about, you know, fake glamour anyway. So, you know, so we banished illusions on the street, you know, for, uh, type of thing. And, you know, I told him that you just assume it's real and then you get like the next one. And, you know, maybe that's when Michael's truck gets wrecked in a couple months down the line and be like, so the fucking weirdest thing happened. Like everybody showed up at the castle and started singing carols and thanks for all the presents and like, what? You know, like <laughs> the I, gargoyles just that were on the to top have... disappeared for like a day. What happened with that? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like just have all these like Harry doesn't even know what's going on, you know, types of moments to to clue us in or something would be kind of funny. But uh, boy, dude, I, I got to say, like, it crossed my mind, but I was like, you know, I, mean, I it, it would be I don't know, it would be almost too much. But that tone, like who else has said, right. you know, like whatever. But it yeah, almost reminded me of Morgan, although I don't think he would have said Harry, he would have said Dresden, but it was very right. similar to me. And like, yeah. But like, I don't if know. Link it's, Cal, it, there's Link too much against it, but right. But he, but he does. He's definitely got stuffy wizard vibes. Obviously, that's another stuffy wizard who's been an antagonist. But like, you know, just think about like if if um, what's his nuts? Uh, why can't I think? Peabody was on the Black Council with Cowl. We're either like 
super deep cell levels of nobody knows anybody else in the thing, or right. he actively had to work against thwarting the plan with the Mordite fiend. And if he just didn't get involved, would have been enough at that point, right? Yeah, because exactly. Linktree was was absolutely important to shutting down, you know, the uh, the Mordite fiend and everything like that. So I'm just like, it's little things like that. And like, I keep thinking back to, you know, him and changes with, you know, he was ready to fucking rock. And unfortunately we never saw that um, yeah. or anything. And, like But it, he was but, you know. threatening to eradicate root and branch, the uh, red cord, which were working with the outsiders and the black council. Right. right. So it's just, yeah. I mean, it's the, the no one's going to suspect him for all of these reasons, but it's just like, it, like you said, all you have to do is just do a little bit less and what they want to happen happens. Right. And right. I think I would assume that people would notice that Langtree is not in Edinburgh at some point. It's just disappearing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, where did you go for a week? And why is your arm suddenly broken? Oh, you know, rock climbing or whatever. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I get it, right? Like, I definitely got that feel. But for a dozen, like, practical reasons, I I would say no. But, I, you know, like, that's why I'm, I'm not ruling out, like, senior counsel. And honestly, though, I wouldn't say, like, I don't think it's like Christos or, you know, I don't know, like senior counsel might even be too far, you know, like shit. Talk about an alibi. Where's the asshole that's been babysitting a glacier? Right. No one's seen him in like a hundred years because he's babysitting a glacier. Like, fuck, that guy could be cowl because, you know, <laughs> no one's looking for him because he's babysitting a glacier. So I, I, I mean, uh, I'm sure this we've laughed at this before, but like it could be Justin with the way that he talked. Right. Right. Yeah. There's something there's I mean, familiar familiarity with that. Like they know each other, but yeah. the other times when Cal talks, he's, he's so possibly crackpot. Like someone shook him a bit too hard. Like in deadbeat, when uh, Harry is uh, calling him crazy, he's like, well, I'm not crazy, but if I was crazy, would I know that? Like the fact that he had that right. thought, he said it out loud. It's like, right. That's not anybody that we've seen. Except for Harry. Yeah, it's very self-aware, you know. So. Yeah. 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 But so it's like, I don't know. Like the more, I, I don't feel like I can fully but count again, it out anymore. Right. I've no, seen. it, there, it lines up for a lot of reasons, but it's, it's going to be one of those like, you know, where like, oh yeah, the author pulled one over on you because you trusted him, which would be a really shitty thing to do because it's like, he's like, look guys, he's dead, dead. He's as dead as he's going to get. And so like, unless he's, yeah, but like, unless, unless he's playing funny with words and that sort of thing, like obviously you can't let it out of the, the bag, but he could have easily said, I'm not going to tell you, which he says an infuriatingly amount of times, but um, it just... I, I won't cling to that, but I mean, it would make a lot of sense. Like, I'm not saying if you cling to it, that it's wrong. I'm just like, you know, I, I tend to follow people like that's where I think Petrovich might come in. Like, the but the problem is Petrovich, like he's not personally familiar to Harry. Like he shouldn't be like echoes of would make sense yeah. if, if he and like Ebenezer shared notes and they've got similar power and spells and whatever, Great. you know, I Petrovich to Demorne to Harry. Stuff. Right. So that was how that lineage of academic okay. 
happened. That's that's one of the one of the that many could make sense too. But but still, like yeah, the personal thing is either it's somebody we know or you know, Cal is is in the dark muttering to himself about fucking Harry Dresden every goddamn time. You know, like could have <laughs> blown up the world this time, but fucking Harry Dresden. You know, so. <laughs> for the that darn kid. <laughs> And his talking dog. Like. Exactly. I love Scooby Doo, man. Yeah. And the, the skull. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's something about like I, based on how they speak, no, but it makes me wonder if it was Dracul, <laughs> someone of like you are a pain in the ass too many times. Right. But it's the way that uh, he's talked to Harry in the cemetery was too formal to match what we've seen out of Cal, but it just like, it's someone of this feel right. a lot of the time. Yeah. And I mean, the, the fact that Dracul didn't bother hiding himself, you know, really. Right, right. He like, has no need to wear a hood. Yeah. He's, he's flashy and all of that stuff. So, so yeah, I, I would say again, probably not, but I get, I get the idea that it's like, we're, we're getting a smaller subset of villains, right? You know, where it's just like, okay, you know, maybe this guy, let's look out for feelers and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that Cal talked was similar to the way that Marcone might talk, except he still might not have said Harry, what if said Dresden, but right. But Cal is going to hurt children and Marcone will never do that. And if Marcone is going to do that, then Vatterung uh, wouldn't have worked with him. There, yeah, there's so much again, like Marcone has never once tried to like hide his identity when it comes to Dresden either. Right. And Cal has been, you know, at least a hairy level wizard since we've known him all the way back at yeah. Bianca's. Um, Marcone has very clearly gotten power crept, you know, like he's gotten powered up, let's call it, you know, and that sort of thing. Whereas like Cal, you know, has almost always been at least on par, if not too much for Dresden. You know, going back to at least Deadbeat when we actually see him get his name, you know, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So, yeah, I I definitely lean towards it's someone that we know, which is why he does the Darth, you know, Sidious routine. And, you know, it's just like you never see his face because it's going to be too much when we see his face. You know, like we're going to know because, you know, he's just somebody that we know. Um even if it's just like, it, it'll be so funny. He's going to take out, like his hood's going to get pulled off by mouse at some point or something like that. It's Harry's going to be like, it's you. I don't know who you are. Am I supposed to know you? Like, you know, like I'm Simon Petrovich, you ass, you know, or something, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, mouse has met Cal now. Has mouse met Cal before? Oh, at deadbeat. Perhaps he was in at the, like he was hiding butters when Cal was, uh, Braining Harry with a rock or something. Um, Kamori grabbed Bob and Cal hit Harry when he was talking about the Earl King and Am I Crazy? Would I know if I was crazy? Mouse was at the uh -huh. in the house. But okay. but Mouse is a witness good enough for the White Council to say this is the bad guy. If he ever sees right. it again, he can right. identify them. Right. But we got the problem where Harry's kind of like not in the White Council again, you know, but yeah. but importantly, yes, Mouse has his scent, theoretically, you know, and mm -hmm. he very much knows about Ash and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Mouse knows everything. Mouse is far smarter than Dresden. Mouse likes to go to school and to learn and to ask questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
hey, hey, boss, what's a starborn? <laughs> like, Mouse is the one smart enough to ask, ask that question in the in the book series. So he just needs like some form of a perhaps a, like a typewriter or something to just start like poking at the words and nosing it. Or people are doing those buttons now with their dogs of of just like I want a treat right now. I want to go outside right now. It's like he could just do it's the same thing. I'm sure yeah. Bob can dig up something. But... Great. All right. That was the fugitive. And not one reference to the movie that I expected. Come on. Right. Yeah. It was a like, movie that I've even seen. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. So <laughs> should have been come on. All right. That's that's it for today. Enough crackpot to go around for a while. And come back with probably arguing about casting next time i think because it's time for us to start yelling at each other it's been a minute so yeah, yeah. <laughs>